0: Hi there and welcome to episode 151 of the ADHD Adults Podcast. I'm James Brown, the man who's obsessed with pointless podcast metrics. And I'm sadly joined, as usual, by Dr Alex Connor, the man who definitely doesn't feel compelled to do anything nefarious within certain wooded areas. And Mrs ADHD, who I couldn't think of a joke for, but she'd probably have interrupted me if I had. Alex, hi. Oh, CD. That's not really a laughing matter. This is a tricky one. I don't think any of your hellos are a laughing matter, to be fair. And Sam, hi. Hi. Good. Uh, How are you both, Mrs ADHD first?
1: Tired, stressed, all the things. How about you?
0: No. Um, And uh, Alex, I suppose I should ask again begrudgingly, even though I'm not going to listen. I'm excellent. Thank you,
2: James. Um, One of our listeners wrote to me to say that when I say I'm excellent in such a positive way and it annoys you so much, that's their favourite bit. (laughs) Damn it. 150 episodes of of ridiculous listener numbers, according to Tarkin, the intern's metric, one of whom sent us a letter. Would you believe that? Uh, um, No, I wouldn't. Um, That's right, James. (laughs) It's from a... I'll just check. It's from uh, Robert from Kidderminster. It says, What? I, I know. It says, <laughs> I'm back in the right order now and listen, sort of, to your episode on workplace discrimination. Did you know that they've even bullied me in heaven about James saying bullying in the worst place? <laughs> it goes on to say, Are we saying there's a heaven now in these weird letters? I thought they were left in a box or something. That's a good point, Robert, actually. I'll check that. It's very we've, uh, we've had a, a real letter um, which i just, it is very clear that this one was chosen by James. It's from an LED and it says, hi, from New South Wales, Australia, where the heat and flies are sending my sensory problems into a tornado Ooh. spiral. I wanted to say that almost everything James says, I feel I can relate with mental health, mm-hmm. even down to suicidal ideation. Thanks to James being open and honest, I managed to gain courage to ask my psychiatrist and psychologist for an autism assessment, and because I still feel there's a massive piece of the puzzle missing and I'm booked in for January. Also, Alex and Sam, I love you guys and always give me a laugh. Feels very secondary, Sam, doesn't it? I've, I've added it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't mind always give me I a laugh. Like but James is my favourite. The podcast is the highlight of my week and can say it played a big part in saving my life. Wow. Thank you, Ali. Aww. And knowing it's the world that's crazy, not us neurodivergence. I mean, it's probably both. <laughs> Yes, yeah. a little talk on Australia is long overdue. Thank you so much. Oh, I mean,
0: I I think of all the letters we've had in terms of, yeah. you know, the erudite nature, the accuracy, the, mm-hmm. the way in which it reflects the reality of the podcast, this is clearly the best one. What I will say is that um doing a little talk for the, those in um, Australasia, because it means you've got to start at seven in the morning, an online workshop. Um, but yeah, we know. Like, uh, is that seven pm there? Or? Six six Eight. in the evening. Yeah, six in the evening. But some of our so anyway, some of our listeners clearly have taste, Alex.
2: Yeah, true. Thanks, Ali. D. Nice to be sort of included. No, I, I can't even joke about it. It's a lovely letter, and we adored it. Thank you. And as usual, Tarquin, the metrics intern, um, whilst golfing with Sam's dad, has given me some information about another city we I've listeners in. It's Birmingham. In the UK, the Metrics intern has told us a fact about Birmingham. For those that may not know, Birmingham has its own time zone, known as BMT, Birmingham Mean Time, which is 18 minutes and seven seconds behind the rest of the UK. Interesting. Cheers, Tarquin. Mm-hmm. So.
1: I'm not responding because I know <laughs> that's not true. I live in Birmingham and we don't have a separate time zone. I wish we yeah, did. Yeah, everyone
2: else is ahead of you by 18 Because
1: I'd like access to a few hours that nobody else has got access to, ideally, not every how, day. Not, day not,
2: not so how I time get zones. more done. You, you know, time, time, time zones, zones. isn't <laughs> extra time. It's just... A...
1: Well, what if you're a fly, though?
0: Oh, God. <clears throat> anyway... As usual, this company called Heatco Midlands Limited—I don't know—Google them, give them some shit. Who installed the water tank illegally and won't fix it because statute of limitations of a podcast is a tragedy in three parts. We choose a theme. Last time around was about ADHD and prioritisation, I think. And this episode, <clears throat> um, in this episode, we're covering ADHD and obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD. Thanks to Wesley and others for suggesting the topic. As usual. Three parts include the dappy from N dubs of evidence, Alex the psycho. I know that is education monkey Hello. talking about a theme, our personal reflections on OCD. <laughs> it's the wrong thing in the script, and then finally, we'll give you some tips just the tips, punk trumpeting, Gabby Logan, etc. So, Alex, I something something bore people, something something education. Thanks, James. And um,
2: just a quick aside that we hear a lot of um, jokes in inverted commas about, about OCD, with OCD as the target of the joke. And it, it, they usually mean people that straighten fucking pictures mm. or something, whereas it's a really genuinely critical mental health condition. And we're not going to be doing those jokes, even mm. though they write themselves, don't they? It, it, it's stupid and and cheap. Right, obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD is a mental health condition characterized by recurring unwanted and intrusive thoughts, images, also urges, these are obsessions, they're the initial thoughts. And that leads to repetitive behaviors or or, or mental acts, so it can be actions or, or other thoughts that are led to by those. And they're the compulsions, the C of OCD. And they're aimed at reducing the distress or preventing a feared event or situation caused by those thoughts that are the obsessions, the O. So, Put it simply, the main symptoms of OCD are the unpleasant thoughts and repetitive behaviours that that one, James, can't control <laughs> doing the grammar thing again because it makes me laugh. I know that's a bit of a science where, but quick recap. OCD, the O is for obsessions, and these are those thoughts, the unwanted thoughts, and the C is the compulsions, and these are behaviours, but that can also include thoughts, annoyingly. Um, but their thoughts you've ch- or behaviours you've effectively chosen to deal with those obsessions, those obsessive thoughts. The compulsions are because of the obsessions in OCD. That's really important. Compulsions with with no obsession behind them, that's something else. Uh, it isn't unheard of for some people with OCD to have, to have sort of forgotten what the obsession was in the first place and still have the, but they all have to have started with that. It's a really shitty, nasty disorder. It really is. So some common examples, not exhaustive of obsessions in OCD, might be fears of, of contamination of food or whatever, or fears of harm coming to oneself or others, James, oneself. Fear of crowds, uh, presumably bearing garlic and pitchforks, <laughs> James. A need for symmetry or exactness. And the compulsions are often involve repetitive actions, like washing or checking or counting or arranging or they can be sort of mental rituals like repeating mm-hmm. phrases or prayers or anything else, really. Um, and these thoughts and behaviours often follow a four-step pattern, boring, list, alert. One is the obsession, intrusive, distressing thoughts, urges, repeatedly entering your mind, unwanted. Two is the anxiety, and that's the, the feeling that the obsession provokes, intense anxiety or distress. C, perfect, is the compulsion, these repetitive behaviours or mental acts that you feel you have to do as a result of the anxiety and the distress caused by that obsession. And then four is temporary relief. That behaviour or action or thought brings a temporary relief, but the obsession, anxiety return at some point later on, rinse and repeat. Horrible. These obsessions and compulsions can interfere so much with with people's daily lives. It causes distress, impairs their ability to function normally. (sighs) Amazing.
1: How come, so I'm so sorry. I'm so (laughs) lost in my own thoughts on this.
2: What were you thinking about is more interesting than any script-based question.
1: I was just thinking, shit, have I got some of this? Anyway, Mm -hmm. how common is it? It seems more well-known than ADHD.
2: Yeah, it's an excellent and professionally asked question, Sam. As always, it was. <laughs> I, I, yeah, so the prevalence estimates, if you look in the papers, it's variable, but loosely speaking, high—probably about one to four percent of the population at some point in 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 that person's lifetime. So similar numbers to to ADHD. The exact cause of it not known. There's loads of regions of the brain that have been implicated. Definitely a genetic factor. Other risk factors, again, um, trigger warning, if you like, those sorts of klaxons, I don't like them, but uh, history of child abuse, s- serious stress-inducing events have been linked. This isn't good science, but it's, hmm. it's what, all we've got at the moment. And it, it can, unlike ADHD, it can appear in adults as well as appearing in children. And there are differences in the age of onset, on average between uh, males and females so um about just short of 10 years old for for male children and, and about 11 years old for female children it's, it first appears apparently and and 21 years old for for men and 24 years old for women
1: wow and how is it treated
2: yeah, I mean, there are there are treatments. We don't usually say that apart from for ADHD in the mental health world. There are a variety of treatments, psychotherapy, usually CBT or CBT similar, exposure and response prevention type therapies. There are medications that have been shown to help a bit, antidepressants. And in extreme cases, they've tried surgical procedures, deep brain stimulation, even psychosurgery. That therapy, the exposure and response prevention, is effective in about two thirds of people that they treat, but it can sometimes take years to treat OCD effectively if it works at all.
0: <clears throat> yes, yes, James. Um, mm-hmm. The bit, just you know, the thing. Just, just now, Bob. We'll get
2: to it. All right. Well, idea day. OCD. I love doing those letters. Are not mutually exclusive, and s- people have said they do. I did a very Trumpian thing then because I've said they do in the past <laughs> wrongly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and tried wildly to row that shit back. <laughs> ah, sir, science. I read some sites that said that, and then when I checked further and spoke to people, I was I was wrong. I was I was, I was. It's it, hard mm, to say. Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive. ADHD and OCD. They do sometimes coexist. A, a study reported a prevalence rate of 11.8% for um, comorbid ADHD when they looked at people with OCD. So that's a, a specific group, of course. Obviously, there isn't a lot of research in adults. Please fund it. Study in children found OCD patients showed a prevalence of 25.5% for comorbid ADHD, much higher however the majority of that comorbidity appears after the onset of adhd remember adhd always by this Mm. very diagnosis has to appear in children why is that comorbidity there i hear you ask them why does it appear after the onset if you look at a list of the areas of the brain involved in ocd you're not going to be surprised. It almost perfectly matches the list of areas of the brain implicated in ADHD. So executive functions, the forebrain at the right ear behind the eye, so the, the, the pesky inhibition and working memory skills seems to be impacted by both.
1: And do they affect each other? You see, James, it's not that hard, is it? It's a simple question. Four words. James, Why can't you
2: simply ask a sensible he question?
1: He wrote all of this. We're just reading <laughs> it. <out>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: One
2: hundred and fifty one. <laughs> Excellent question, Sam, as always. So the research suggests I always say that because we're scared of any. I get honestly get shouted at you, James, online for the research saying stuff. And people are like, you're being offensive. Mm. And I'm like, no, it's not. I didn't even do the research it happens all the time. <laughs> so the research suggests not me, that patients experience more disabling ocd symptoms when they also have adhd but the actual nature of those ocd sim- symptoms are pretty much the same as if you only have ocd there's mixed evidence around adhd meds and ocd some studies say stimulants can exacerbate the symptoms of ocd or provoke them but also some people say treating um adhd with symptoms improves that comorbid ocd symptoms and i suspect like with anxiety it could depend on the individual treating one without the other leads to poorer outcomes Mm. in both and treating both simultaneously is associated with actually measurably better outcomes and that's kind of the, the key
0: here that last bit i think was important um so we uh in general alex um in yeah. particular obviously shit at explaining the complexity of ocd yeah. in 10 minutes um but if you're interested in finding out more the people at ocduk.org do it much better they do it brilliantly yeah, great work someone. um so you can always just read that and then not listen to the rest of the podcast if you want um and in that spirit we'll take a break and be back in part two see you in a bit bye no yeah alex hi
2: all right What's up? Hello,
0: Governor.
1: Welcome back to episode 151 of the ADHD Adults Podcast, where we are talking about ADHD and OCD. This is our personal reflections on the theme. James, go.
0: (laughs) And what is that theme, Sam? It appears to say stress in
2: the in the script,
0: James. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm I'm not. I'm not doing well with um, scripting elements in terms of the first diagnostic criteria of adhd of making careless mistakes or lacking attention to detail right Mm -hmm. i do not have ocd i actually don't think no i know one person who has ocd ocd is a friend of uh, a family member of sam's and um therefore i can't speak from my lived experience of having it what i know is from the research and actually from that really interesting documentary how to change your mind on psychedelics (laughs) which which i thought was fascinating you said al in the first bit about it can take years to treat ocd and it, and it really can you know in some cases it, a decade of different therapies etc and what i found fascinating about that documentary was guided therapy using i think it was psilocybin i can't remember and in two sessions the guy they had on that documentary who couldn't pick his child up because of his ocd was walking down the the kind of the, in the park or something, and had a one of the thoughts, one of the obsessions, but before the compulsion thought, no, why would I do that? It's stupid, it
1: doesn't and make just sense. didn't,
0: yeah, and, and and just didn't do it. And in two sessions, had managed what some people take years to achieve. And I think that again, it just points to the fact that the the fifty years of ignoring the therapeutic benefits of psychedelics in psychiatry because of the war on drugs is. The impact of that's been massive. There's one thing I do that i, I mentioned before that it is a compulsion, but not an obsession. And whether this is part of just being neurodivergent, and that's the weird writing with my finger thing. I go through periods of time where everything that I say or think, I also write in the air with my finger. If anyone's watched the Netflix program, Boy Swallows Universe, a bit like the mute brother in that i'll write as i'm saying i'll be writing the words out and i can't stop this and it gives it the act gives me anxiety but it's not based on an obsession yeah, and i don't think anything bad will happen it's just i can't stop myself from doing it and i don't know whether that i did look it up and i found one paper that, that found well one article on a website that said this is something that some people report so i haven't got anything that's personal about me i've seen in the one person I know the impact it can have, and I know from reading the literature, the impact it can have is profound. What you said, Alex, about the, it being a, a joke, a little yeah. bit like the public perception of autism being that everyone is either Rain Man, yeah, you know, or that, that or, yeah. yeah, or that all that young yeah. lad that could draw the houses of Parliament, and yeah, you know, everyone with ADHD is a young schoolboy running around being kind of behaviourally challenging. And the, the the image, the public image of OCD is, you know, the person that switches the lights on and off three times or makes sure their tins are lined up. It's Sam's face when you just said the young man, who, I could see her thinking, I really want to see that picture. I could see it. <laughs> <Is> that- <laughs>
2: Ooh, of Parliament. I, think yeah.
0: na- I think his name was Stephen or something, wasn't it? But he yeah. still years later, I saw so, still incredibly tight. Basically, Sam, he could look at the Houses of Parliament and then go away and draw it perfectly, recreate it perfectly with a, with a pencil. But and then that but talking
2: about mm. autism, but you know, no one's got a photographic memory. That's a sort of a myth in yeah. the stories. But the reason why some people with who are autistic can do that is because because of their autism, they they they're not like they're not necessarily paying attention to faces or expressions or the you know the, the really strange social rules that we don't need. Instead, they can use that memory gap to do something more empirical, and it can be incredibly valuable in society, especially in science. I, I know that's not what we're doing; it's just cool. Yeah. Uh,
0: anyway, shall we move on to Mrs. ADHD? Sam, do you have any personal reflections on OCD?
1: Um, I. I have lots of things that I have to do a certain way in mm. order for me to feel all right, but I don't think they're, I think it's just my autism. I don't mm. think it's OCD, um, but it's really, really hard to tell because when you were reading all that out, I was like, Oh God, a lot of this does sound like things that I have to do, but I don't, if I'm really stressed, I will do repetitive things like checking door handles a number of times and and things like that, but not all the time. And I remember actually my best friend is a therapist and I I started this thing where I had to have a doll. I don't know if you remember this, James, but it was up on the wardrobe and it had to be watching me while I slept. Otherwise, I didn't feel like I'd be safe. And I told this to my friend and she went, you need to stop that now. And I said, why? She went, because that will turn into, you'll make it so that you won't be able to sleep unless you've got that doll there. You need to know that you are okay sleeping without the doll looking at you. And I was like, but I don't know if I am. And I was really scared about not having the doll looking at me when I slept, but she encouraged me to stop it and I stopped it. But that made me think, God, do I have some tendencies that could be, because she was saying that could be kind of going into the realms of OCD where you feel you have to do certain things otherwise bad things will happen um but yeah I don't think I am I don't think I do repetitive things and that was the thing that unless I'm really stressed then I do I'm waffling
2: can I ask a couple of questions so just from a, a psychological perspective that doll thing could also be that the, the autism connection to inanimate objects so you are feeling protected by something inanimate which isn't OCD it's real if that's if that inanimate well, thing is real to you then that's a that's a rational link.
1: Well I didn't think it would protect me but I thought Just, bad things would happen if it okay, wasn't yeah, no, at that me.
2: is that is <laughs> this is it's famously difficult to separate sometimes yeah. autism yeah. OCD and, and anxiety. Um yeah. uh, checking doors and thinking you've left the iron on and going back and checking I mean, of course it could be OCD, but it's famously also connected to stress and ADHD. Part of it, and it is woolly, depends on what the consequence is. If the consequence is your house burns down, actually that's not unrealistic, is it? It's not unreasonable. Mm. You just don't know, you've forgotten. And you're anxious about it, or you think there's yeah, so. only a 0.1 chance because I know I checked it. But maybe I wasn't paying attention because I, you know, that's not OCD. That's that's anxiety yeah. or something. This else. was a
1: big thing actually when I was a child. Um, I it was a nightmare for me leaving the house. Not only because I was leaving the house and I didn't like going to different places, but <laughs> yeah. also. We would be driving, and I would be hysterical. Apparently, because I'd be saying, "I think you've left the iron on, and the house is going to burn down." And you, uh, what if we've left the door open? And I would be panicking about everything. And it took me a long, long time and sitting in the back of the car, thinking, "Okay, think about this. If the house burns down, we've got insurance. The cat will be able to get out. That will yes. be fine." So these are and reasonable. Do it all. Yeah, they—they—they—they're
2: they're, they're, they're not helpful and they're over strong they're catastrophes but they are connected that there is a logic to them which isn't the same yeah, i think
1: exactly james should
2: I, I pop out for a bit <laughs> oh god i would love that
1: <laughs> anyway Sorry. alex if,
0: if, yeah no carry on sam i shouldn't you be saying anything people, in this part. i'm gonna it's go and make my a very best friends. This is gonna carry on for a bit without me so i'll see you in a bit
1: <laughs> I was just about to move to him for his reflections. He's already done
0: them. Thanks
2: for listening.
1: But yeah, I think it can look really similar to autism because I have to do things in a specific way, in a specific order, in order for me to feel okay. But I think that is just because I'm autistic and I have routines, restrictive routines, that are built into my day to make me feel safe. And if I don't do those things in a certain way, then my day's not right.
2: I, I really suspect a lot of people with OCD m- may have been misdiagnosed or, or they're yeah. comorbid or, or or something else, because I think that's a really common thing. He actually has gone, hasn't he?
1: I think so, yeah.
2: He, he, he won't make the tea. <laughs> he One might
1: my... start making it, but he won't finish.
2: Yeah, he won't finish it. One of my very best friends in the world, and I don't have many, um, has OCD. and And if you know my struggles with sobriety, it's fairly obvious that half maybe more of the people with with alcoholism or alcohol use disorder as i much prefer the term have adhd and it's self-medication of those that don't a significant proportion are probably self-medicating for ocd because alcohol is, alcohol is a neural depressant that can control those symptoms in, an, in a truly unhealthy way which is really difficult And and speaking to this friend and a lot of other people it's so obvious what OCD is and what it isn't for example what I'm describing and what James describes definitely isn't Mm.
1: um
2: so this there's Tourette's which is those uncontrolled repetitive behaviors and there's ADHD and autistic stims and tics that we have OCD is is generally different so I have repetitive behaviors as do you right stims yeah they're not conscious as such I don't I don't have that pressure build-up that you sometimes describe when I'm Uh touching my face or picking my nose or all the the stims and ticks I have, clicking pens and all those. The impulse is strong, but nothing bad will happen. As soon as I notice, I'm like, oh, that was just physical. It's just a physical stim.
1: Uh.
2: Nothing bad will happen. I don't know I'm doing it. I'm hyperkinetic. I'm wiggly wobbly. All I get reward from it, face-touching. So there's no persistent and uncontrollable thought that that. That it controls at all, and that's differently. Even the intrusive thoughts that a lot of people with ADHD say they have, including me, they're not consistent. They're not persistent. I can get rid of them. Um, I'm like, oh, it's bloody that thought again. You know, usually with me, it's it's defending myself against attack from my wife, who hasn't attacked me in 16 years. You know, and the, but it, it it it's amusing. I don't have to do anything to get rid of it. I just just. Don't do it. And that's why it's such a big difference, I think, between ADHD and OCD. If it was OCD, I wouldn't be able to to control it like that. So when I check, I put the lights on, lock the door, there are consequences. Someone could steal my woodpecker collection. It's not a disorder. It's very likely this is a prized woodpecker collection. My my very good friend that you also know, James, they had to do a positive thought or something bad would happen. When they were doing an unconnected, let's say, um, let's say making a calendar entry to meet someone, they'd have to have a positive thought. And if the wrong thought happened, they'd have to do it again and again and again. Oh. Or something bad would happen to that person when they knew intellectually it wouldn't. Yeah. Worrying that you've left the fire on is a worry that your house would burn down, not that, you know, something bad's going to happen to, to yeah. my dad. or something. Yeah, um, that that is debilitating
0: and different. Mm-hmm. James, there's no time for the game. Am I right? It says that. <clears throat> right. I, I don't I don't know. Are we, are we done? Are we done with that bit? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we have got time for the game and you're 6-3 up. So I'm managing to claw back some points. So um, this is going to sound like one we've done before, but obviously I've got ADHD and therefore I do make the same mistakes throughout my life. It's very simple. This time it's not my remarkable um, stylus. It's my Apple Pencil. So, and I use an iPad for making my coaching notes and uh, I I couldn't use my Apple Pencil um, immediately before a session of coaching, which was frustrating and unprofessional. And there's three possible reasons for me not being able to use my Apple Pencil. Firstly, I'd thrown it in the bin. Secondly... I'd ordered some new nibs that you screw into the end to use, thinking they'd be delivered in time and they weren't, but I'd thrown the old one away. So I'd taken it off and thrown it away, even though it was partially functional. And three, because we're going down to London to do a talk this week, I'd already put it for some reason, but not my iPad in my Go bag, which I've now got the case to go away and do talks. So I threw it in the bin, I'd thrown away the nib, or I'd packed it away in a case.
2: Right. I think that because your bin, you have to wave at it so it opens. And because you're a Dracula, it doesn't recognize you like a mirror. So it can't be that one. I don't think you bought new nibs because you only ever go on draculas.com. It's your only website. So I think you packed it away. That's
0: what I think. Yeah, you're wrong. <coughs> uh-huh. Six, four, clawing uh-huh. it back. I literally threw it in the bin next to me immediately after finishing a session. Different <laughs> bin, isn't it? Threw it in the bin and then looked and everywhere and thought, you know what, I'd better check the bin. And, yeah, there it was, just in the bin. Amazing. Ridiculous. Look at you with all your Apple products. I know, I know, sponsored by the big Apple. <laughs> anyway, on that happy <laughs> note, we'll take a break and we'll be back in part three for just a tip. See you in a bit.
1: Bye.
2: Welcome back to episode 151 of the ADHD Adults podcast. We're talking about ADHD and obsessive compulsive disorder, or OCD. As always, in part three, just the tip. We're giving our top tips for a thing we haven't got. This one could be utterly pointless. Mm -hmm. Who should we start with? Shall we start with you, James? Any thoughts on OCD and or ADHD?
0: Uh, I've got thoughts. I think it's the same as that it would be for any um, kind of unspecified mental health or specified mental health condition or disorder. And that is used to help us out there. What I don't know and genuinely would like to know, and please anybody let us know, how good is the support for OCD? Because we know that mental health services in the UK by the NHS is massively under-resourced. Even if you don't look at, at ADHD and if you look at anything other than um kind of fundamental depression dysthymia as opposed to major depressive disorder where your gp will give you an antidepressant and anxiety you know you're again you'll just be given that level of treatment and if that's not effective then that can be taken down a different route but i genuinely don't know how well we support ocd in the uk or elsewhere but if you are offered you know help first of all reaching out for that is important and use what's out there there's evidence that I think Alex mentioned it in the psychoeducation that exposure and response kind of prevention therapy can be really effective. But if that's something that's not available to you or you have to pay for, again, there are barriers to care, to care, um, to, cares, to getting where you want to go. There is, again, some evidence that a structured daily routine can provide a sense of control and that that can reduce anxiety that can trigger OCD symptoms, the, the obsessive thoughts, and writing down your thoughts, your feelings, and what the triggers are, again, can help you understand any patterns and progress. And the last thing, and this is normally something that Alex says, and I haven't stolen it off him, and it's not because people often write and say, you know, I loved what Alex said about this, for example. Um, <laughs> but self, but self-compassion is important. We all often kind of hate ourselves for doing things we can't stop. When I do that finger-writing thing, which isn't OCD, but is something I I am kind of compelled to do. I hate myself for doing that. I think I'm super weird. I think there's something wrong with me. I actually, years and years and years ago, when it first started happening about 12 years ago, I remember speaking to the beast, Samuel brother, and saying, I'm actually worried because and the beast is the wrong person to say this to because he went oh my god oh my god that's dead that's dead bad yeah (laughs) you need to speak to someone and and i quick now today yes should have definitely said this to somebody else and i've not told anybody i was so embarrassed by it so trying to have some self-compassion because this isn't something you are deliberately doing it is a mental health condition that needs support sam Do you have any thoughts or tips? Sorry, tips, 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 I don't
1: have any tips because I don't know what it's like to live with this. It must be awful, but I can only echo what you said in getting help. I was just trying to Google then. I read a, a fictional book once. that was really good. And this man lived in a caravan and he had OCD. I feel like he might have worked in a supermarket, but it really like it was it made me realize how debilitating it was because he wasn't able to do anything he had so many routines that he had to do before he could ever leave his caravan and i just thought wow that must be so fucking hard so yeah get help
2: yeah al (laughs) i mean that's it isn't it ocd needs therapy it needs that support if the serotonergic like antidepressants So hopefully soon psilocybin if the trials are good work then great but end of is it a, a disorder that really really does need therapy and it's really hard to spot as well if you're if you're a logical minded person and your thoughts are telling you something is true and you feel that that's true but you kind of know that can't be right it's very very awkward and debilitating uncomfortable and it's OK. A friend of mine used to say to me, is that is that real? And I would say, no, no, that's not real. And they were they would say, are you sure? And I'd say, yeah, you know, let's go through. Is, is that likely to be connected? And they'd say, oh, yeah, no, no, of course. And that was very difficult. And, and it would help in the short term. But long term, it was a case of therapy. And if you have ADHD and OCD, you absolutely need ADHD informed therapy. Check that and check that they're meaningful when they go, oh, yes, I know about that. Check that they mean it. Because the shame and guilt of working with a therapist who then tells you off for not doing the thing you thought you were going to do, because we can't, right, is crippling and you won't go back. And, and this is why so many of us say, oh, I hated CBT. Not all of us, not me, but loads of us do. Because you've got to be ADHD informed, thought formed. And, and so really, absolutely check that, I think. Oh, sorry, one last thing. Uh, sobriety can throw when you, when if you have an alcohol problem and you have OCD or ADHD, sobriety can throw up those problems that you've been self medicating mm. for. So, if you are have sobriety and you use self compulsions, watch for them coming back and get go and talk to your doctor about it. That's a really big one.
0: Inappropriate, are you useful? I, did, I, did, I almost did an inappropriate ding. I think I yeah. whispered an inappropriate ding halfway through that as well. Yeah. It's been a relatively ding free episode. Yeah, um, it has. I think we can probably ding away now. Now we've got Is through that the what you were whispering
1: thing. before? I saw oh, you ding. whispering something and didn't know what it was.
0: Uh, it it was may have been a ding. ding. May... Yeah, inappropriate ding. Uh... Anyway, that was episode, we think, 151 of the ADHD Adults podcast, where we talked about ADHD and obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD. If you enjoyed this episode, unlikely, the best bit was probably the middle when I walked out, then you can find more content um, by subscribing on Patreon. Visit theadhadults.uk to find out more, to get in touch. If you want to send us um, a letter, if you want to suggest a topic for an episode, you can get in touch via the forms there. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, all. Trigger warning, clacks on. Clacks on. Clacks on. Clacks. Trigger warning ax on clax on